Welcome to the Omni Gamers Club podcast, the podcast for games on every platform, whether it's your table or your screen. I am Daniel Winter. This is Mark Uessa, and welcome back. Thank you. It's been uh, been a little bit of time. I was very excited to be able to be on the listening end of the podcast for once. As, as predicted, I was in fact listening on the flight home because I had very little time while actually on holiday. But uh, that was it was a great discussion you had with Dennis uh, last episode. Yeah, it was fun uh, to have Dennis on. He's a great sport and uh, obviously loves board games and video games as much as us. So fantastic to have him on and i'm sure he'll show up again in the future but of course we were we're both missing uh, having you there to provide your sparkling commentary and thoughts on games so you are, are most welcome back <laughs> we were excited to actually be uh talking games again because there's been very little games in my in my life the last couple of weeks so i was able to live vicariously through you two well i'm sure i'm sure it was exciting to see family and and visit your homeland Absolutely. I did, I did, in fact, meet up with my old board gaming group in Australia, though we spent ended up spending a couple of hours chatting, basically, now that we now we all have kids, just catching up on life and didn't end up actually playing anything. <laughs> catching up is important. Absolutely. Speaking okay. of which, let's catch up on the board game and video game world. I understand you have a, an idea for a new segment for us. Yeah, I mean, there has been some news lately that I th- thought would spark an interesting discussion. Not not, not necessarily the biggest or, or hottest news, but just things that have gauged my interest over the last few weeks. The first up is a couple of adaptations of video games being turned into board games. These are pretty big names in, in the gaming space. So that is Slay the Spire and Elden Ring have both had... Uh, kick, I don't know if it's Kickstarter, but cr- cr- crowdfunding campaigns at the very least. I don't know if you've followed either of these. Uh, I don't look at Kickstarters very closely. I, it's mostly for the benefit of my wallet. <laughs> I, I made a vow to myself to to not look at Kickstarters. I'll just support my projects once they hit the friendly local game store. But that doesn't mean I'm not eager to learn about them. Slay of the Spire, I'm a huge fan of the, the video game. Obviously, this is a Video game that was inspired by tabletop games. Uh, deck building, of course, started in tabletop. So now it's come f- full circle, and then there's a there's a tabletop <laughs> version. Uh, but yeah, do you do you have some juicy details to spill? Are you excited about this one? No, not necessarily. Uh, I, I I I too have am largely avoiding crowdfunding for similar reasons, I, other than small independents, people that I want to support in the gaming space, uh, and th- these were came at a time where I wasn't able to, to, to spend much time re- researching, unfortunately. But having heard some some rumblings through the grapevine, Slay the Spire sounded like an incredibly faithful adaptation, perhaps a little too faithful, that it was basically a, a direct translation, you know, 10 decks of cards of just randomizing everything that without without really overthink, re- rethinking how that game might work in a physical space because that game as as great as it is really takes advantage of the digital space in how it handles upkeep because it because it handles upkeep it is able to like 
add so many more options in how like, like ra randomize effects and hu huge numbers that would be impossible to track on the on the table. So yeah, I, I've heard this one perhaps. It's inherently a single player game too, which has a very different dynamic than yeah, I well, believe this... Slay the Spire is a multiplayer affair. Yeah, the board game is adding co-op, which is, is one of the big changes because how, how you synergize between different characters could add a new whole new level to this game. So that's what that's one interesting layer there. But I, again, I didn't look too closely at this one, but I, I was just was excited by all the all the chatter around it. And Elden Ring, similarly, I haven't had much chance to look at yet, but like obviously, it's a huge game. It's going to be winning all the Game of the Year awards, most likely. It may even be on my list but I'm, I'm really curious how that game would translate other than just being a, a another dungeon crawl game without really capturing the the, the the vibes of that game like the exploration the wonder the these huge vistas that are, are so key to that game like just just turning into some kind of dungeon crawler without any of the atmosphere. I don't know how that, how well that would work. But I, on the other hand, I'm, I very much want a, a, a miniature of the, the jar people. <laughs> Alexander the warrior jar. I, I'd love a miniature of one of those. So <laughs> I, 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 I may take a look at this one. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I got to say, I have zero interest in most tabletop, uh, dungeon crawling affairs. I'm, I'm not even a fan of, uh, I don't, go head over heels for games like you know gloomhaven obviously i didn't ex get excited for the tabletop adaptation of dark souls so i probably won't get excited for for this one either yeah i think they actually just re-released the dark souls board game it's by, by the same uh publisher steamforged i think i think it's called they, they just like revamped the dark souls board game in a big 2.0 so I'm, I'm, I'm curious how that works i've heard mixed things about that in the past but there's obviously a lot of hype for the new elden ring version so mark is there any news that's piqued your interest these past couple of weeks i was pleasantly surprised to see on instagram I follow our, our good friends, the local indie game uh, devs, uh, Hot Banana Games, shared some production videos of their um, board game, upcoming board game, Steam Up, which uh, I think a lot of people are excited for, me me included. It's a dim sum themed board game that they had on Kickstarter, and obviously it's, it's coming hot off the presses. I'm really excited for it to show up uh, at my doorstep, so... Maybe some others who are interested in that game or backed it would like to see that on Instagram too. Absolutely. That, that game is looking amazing. I did have a, a chance to check it out in person at Shucks, and I saw Paulina Marie again at uh, a Halloween meetup just before I left. So yeah, very, very excited what they're doing over there. I, I, I While I was away, I actually bought a new game in Australia for old time's sake. Uh, that is, I found one called Yumcha, which is like the Australian version of dim sum uh by a it's, it's a it's a very small box game looks a little bit like sushi go same artwork uh, so i'm excited to check that out <laughs> speaking of asian food and kickstarters you mentioned you like to support smaller games and that's actually what i like to support as well uh, i think there was a tiny hard game called farmageddon i backed that was my very first kickstarter project uh the latest one i supported was something called it was from tate Wu. i think it was boba poker uh, yes. or something like that so I'm, it looks very cute. My family all loves Boba, so I'm excited to see that one. Yes, I hope likewise. It shows up <laughs> Excellent. Well, uh, with that news out of the way, uh, why don't we get on to what we've been playing? 
Well, since you haven't been around in a while, why don't you tell us about what you've been playing? You said not very much. <laughs> yeah, especially not board games. I, w- I was picking away at uh, a few token board game arena games, mostly Seven Wonders Duel. I- I've been playing through a-, a campaign of My City, which I, I-, I finished with a friend, t- a two-player campaign a month or two ago. And so I've been working through a digital uh, campaign, four-player four campaign with some friends, which is which is interesting to see how the dynamics change. Which And, and, and it's a, a legacy game online which makes it a lot more accessible it's a, it was already a relatively cheap game but uh it, it's it's now you can play through as many campaigns as you want uh and have a, an ongoing one like it, it just automatically starts up a new session when you finish one just rolls on to the next so that it's, it's a great little setup there what i what i enjoy about it is isn't that it just it doesn't just ramp up and add on add on new mechanics new mechanics new mechanics it's it it's the just gets endlessly more complicated it actually it's built into chapters so it'll build up to a mechanic and then take that away and build up to a different mechanic and take that away so it's, it has these little peaks and valleys of complexity that are that, that keeps a really interesting pacing rather than just ramping up <laughs> at, the same, at the same speed so yeah it's, it's it's a fun little campaign i've been playing my regular board games on board game arena so the, the regular games I'm playing on BGA are Viticulture, Agricola, Res Arcana, Space Base, of course, that was our very last episode, and Lost Ruins of Arnak. I think that was our first episode. Yes. So, yeah. Funny enough, uh, uh, heading back to familiar territory there. <laughs> Excellent. I'm still trying to track down the the expansion for that one. Uh, I did bring I did bring back my my archaeologist hat from from Australia though. So next time next time we play, it'll be in costume. <laughs> Very nice. All right. What else have you been playing, good sir? I did manage to play a little bit of video games, if only on the flight, and and in in the meantime since. So just before i left it was the halloween season and in the mood for something spooky so i played and and just finished uh, last night in fact that is signalis it's a new indie horror game it's on game pass so throw another coin in, in the game pass bucket there's this whole new wave of pixel art games and i've heard people say oh well it only really works with pixel art you don't see that same nostalgia for PlayStation era games, like that sort of early 3D art, which is true to a bit large extent. But one area we were really seeing a, a fascinating exploration of this nostalgic nostalgia for the for the PlayStation era is in horror games. And I don't have any hot takes on why that is, but it's something. It's a little bit of like uncanny valley, I think. Just these really the, the muddy textures, everything like the 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 clanky animation, everything's just a little off. That really works in the horror genre. So I've I've seen people make a lot of comparisons to this and Silent Hill, a series I'm not very familiar with. I've, I've played a few of the more recent Resident Evil games, but that that playstation era of horror wasn't something i was overly familiar with but this so i, I can't speak to the nostalgia element here but it, it is a fascinating little game it's basically isometric top down you're exploring a facility solving puzzles shooting monsters but very much survival horror so you've got an extremely limited inventory only six items at any one time which includes puzzle items and healing items and weapons so you constantly having to make some interesting decisions 
about how risky <laughs> you want to play and how, how little weaponry you can get away with carrying. And, and the puzzles are all quite interesting. There's a great balance generally of not being so complicated that you have to look them up, but letting you feel clever when you do figure them out. I, I, won't, I won't spoil anything, but it, it plays with sound a little bit. It's, it's puzzles that I hadn't really seen before. So I don't want to spoil anything there, but I, I thought they, they, they played out pretty well. And the the art style... I mean, what cutscenes there are are quite uh, sort of anime inspired, which which doesn't really do much for me in of itself. I think all the characters look very similar, and that's it's hard, very hard to tell who's who. But it's all edited in this really interesting way. It's, it's, it's all reminiscent of something like Neon Genesis, uh, sorry, Evangelion, which so a lot of stark backgrounds with this text plastered across the screen, and a lot of like analog static editing that like sort of VHS static and, and weird little glitches in, in the, in the graphics, which are another great way of sort of th- throwing you off edge with this sort of the uns- I don't know, analog technology like that has a, has a great way of sort of having this uncertainty in, in the horror sphere, like, you know, the, the ring, obviously <laughs> let your imagination run wild with, with how these, Technologies can be can be edited, but yeah, I, I thought it was really interesting. It, it, it did overstate welcome a little bit, got a little bit formulaic by the end. In you, you get to a, a new area, you find six keys. You, you go around, you, you go around finding six keys to unlock the big door at the end. You move on to the next area. This area has another six keys that you need to find to get to the next area, and so on. But all along the way, there's some 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 great little puzzles, some great atmosphere. I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, that does sound intriguing. I should check that out on Game Pass. Speaking of horror and the spooky season, I should mention a game I've been playing. Kind of felt like I was in the mood for like um action RPG. So I I bought a game called Grim Dawn on sale. It's pretty unexceptional Diablo like. Yes. <laughs> but uh, I wanted something I could just play portably. I am one of those heathens that likes ARPGs with uh console controllers. I, I booted it up. It runs great. There's some UI that is a little bit cut off at that uh, small screen of 1280 by 800, but it, it runs serviceably well. There's voiceover, and I've been experimenting with the character classes, character builds, and I found a nice one that's um, made a ranged base. I like guns in my ARPGs as oh, yes. well, so I'm, <laughs> I'm another heathen that way. Uh, but it runs super smooth and just went through the initial area. I've been enjoying it, and it's just um, very adequate. So I'm, I'm pleased <laughs> that way. I have booted up some other ones that were a little bit more janky. Um, one called Titan... Titan Quest? Titan Quest, yeah, the, the yeah. Greek, Greek mythology-themed one. I like the world, don't love the execution super well. And then, of course, there's Torchlight, which is... Um, there's uh, three of them now, and those games are of various degrees of quality. Of course, Diablo is the original, but um, I don't love how sort of like processed and smoothed out uh, Diablo seems. <laughs> uh, it just seems like a very generic product without a lot of charm to it. I'm sure I'm going to get a lot of hate mail about that because there's some <laughs> Diablo fiends out there. Basically, I like ARPGs, but uh, Diablo is not my fave. So uh, this one is, is, is fitting the bill for the moment. Yeah, I played a little bit of that several years ago i seem to recall the quirk with grim dawn is that you 
can choose two classes and have a bit of a hybrid going on. Is that is that right? Yeah, possibly. I probably haven't gotten there yet, but I, I kind of like the characters so far. They're a little bit more quirky and down to earth, kind of grim, stinky people in this really depressing world. Gothic horror fantasy, in a similar vein to, to Diablo, I guess, but slightly different bent. A, l- uh, a little bit more on the rough around the edges, kind of like um, Evil Dead than um, I don't know Castlevania per se. <laughs> more grim. Yeah, so yeah. I like that. <laughs> I, I, since I had a whole lot of time on the flight, I dusted off my Switch for the first time in a while, booted up a couple of new games. On the, on the way back, I actually played some Pokemon, which I'll, I might discuss next episode. I'm still making my way through there. But one I did I did play quite a bit of on the trip was Harvestella. So you may recall this from the latest Nintendo Direct, the one that had about five, six different farm sim games. <laughs> yeah, we made fun of it in our um, Disney Dreamlight Valley episode. Yes. So of those that were shown on, shown off in that, in that direct, this one was the most interesting to me in that it was a, it's actually a fusion of farm sim with JRPG. So it's a pl- plays much like a, a pretty standard... I wouldn't say Final Fantasy, but a JRPG game. Very simple, real-time action combat. So you're smashing on buttons, and it's fairly simple, cooldown-based system. Nothing revolutionary there. But that is added onto this farm sim game. So every every day, the game is set in a day cycle where you, you can plant crops, and then next you water them each day, and then after X number of days, the crops have grown you can sell them off and you use those funds to buy more equipment and so those things might seem at odds but i I, thinking about this it's it's pretty fascinating idea in that this whole day cycle can really give a sense of scale of time passing to a jrpg because most of these like final fantasy games are all in this timeless limbo Right, it doesn't matter how many side quests or how much exploration you do. Even even if you've got the most dire world-ending <laughs> quest, you can just go off and do as much side material as you want. And so this this actually giving direct, actually putting that that explicit day night cycle in here it has a potential to be quite interesting. Early on, it didn't quite live up to that potential like one of the early quests is a friend her friend has run off and you you're you've got to follow them into the the spooky forest to to save them and it's designed that you never going to complete this dungeon in one go so inevitably you get halfway through this dungeon and say oh would you look at the time it, it's it's getting late I've, I've got to get home to bed now uh i guess i'll i'll continue looking for my friend tomorrow so you go all the way back home to your nice cozy cabin plant some some cabbages and then wake up the next morning to go and rescue your friend again so there is a little bit of that dissonance there still the actual ongoing overall story so far is quite open-ended like you i've just been given three big goals i can do them in any order uh, and at this point there is no huge draw it's more like an exploration like the, the motivation of your character is more exploration and research so you're not feeling that that dissonance of the of, of a giant threat just yet so yeah i'm i'm looking i'm i'm enjoying that the, the combat isn't revolutionary but it's gradually laying on more more mechanics as i go 
it, it, no, no part of this game is revolutionary, but the, the, the combination of those two mechanics does add a, a, add a fascinating quirk there, I think, that I, I'm, I'm hoping lives up to its potential after a couple of early uh, missteps. Yeah, I'm intrigued about Harvestella, but uh, it, it also is not doesn't seem super revolutionary since there have been farming game RPGs in the past, like the long-running Rune Factory series, of which I played the first two few entries, but not any of the more recent ones. So I, I hear that Rune Factory 4 is quite good, 5 not so much, so I think I might even try one of those before Harvestella, but you know, intrigued to hear more about what you have to say. I've heard good things about the Rune Factory series. I, w- I wasn't sure how much actual RPG there is to that, but I, I guess there might, <laughs> there might be quite a bit. So I, I, should, I should look into that. I will say the design yeah. of this is it, a lot of these farming games all take a very cutesy art style, Rune, Rune Factory included. Harvestella has that sort of classic Final Fantasy. Like this, everything is very. A lot of crystals and spikes on everything in a very – the world design isn't particularly interesting. It was very stereotypically Final Fantasy design and yeah. is from Square Enix, so, yeah, so it's exactly. more of that. <laughs> yeah, Square Enix has been pumping out a lot of games these days of, of various qualities. But, you know, I, I like that. I like that they're trying things. Trying things. Yes, yeah. Imperfect all- things are, are better than super – processed and polished and uninspired things in my opinion yeah i'd, I'd much rather a, a, a what is it a, a rough diamond to like this uh, to a polished zirconia i guess <laughs> yeah speaking of uh, longer running series uh, i uh, would like to t- talk about a game in the yakuza series but it's the latest one it's yakuza like a dragon you probably know i've played one two and three i jumped ahead to like a dragon it's the latest one in in the series, and it takes it in a different direction into a more of an RPG. And I'm really enjoying it so far. It's been a bit of an adjustment, but some things are they're sticking very tried and true to the formula. Nice storytelling, a little over the top, a little sappy, a little cheesy, a little kooky, <laughs> but always always interesting, always unexpected. What I've played of the gameplay is uh, very sharp. The turn-based combat has been pretty easy to get into. Probably just to save time, I've enabled the autoplay. But the cool thing about the autoplay, you may have noticed from when you played it, is that it still enables the sort of quick-time inputs for um, getting more critical attacks and stuff like that. So I feel like that's an ideal for uh, an RPG that has auto-combat because it lets you have some input. It lets you, you know, stay interested in the flow of the combat so I, I i really enjoy that so far and the story is is great the new yokohama setting is really like huge compared to the other entry earlier entries in the games i played and it still includes the original tokyo uh, neighborhood that all the other games are set in as well so it, it, that makes it even larger and more expansive so i'm enjoying what i'm playing so far but <laughs> you might have noticed that I'm a bit of a JRPG dilettante these days. <laughs> we'll be I've been playing <laughs> a lot of stuff. Yeah, last episode I talked about Persona Five. I just restarted that. <laughs> uh, we, you know, we've talked about Dragon Quest Eleven in the past. I recently bought some of the older Tales Tales of games. Oh yes, I'm just kind of bouncing between the JRPGs because none of them I, I can't really commit for some reason. 
they are, they are a big commitment. <laughs> yeah, I have too much going on in my personal life. So I'm yeah, having, playing the, the playing the field with my JRPGs. Having now experienced some Dragon Quest, I, uh, I I'm quite curious to see how Yakuza channels that. I don't know that I, I, I like the idea of turn based games like the tactics that I can introduce, but I very rarely have the patience for them. There's a reason that, that the, the genre is largely distancing itself from those mechanics these days. But I, I'm, I'm, I'm curious how, how that implemented at least, especially as you say, you can largely automate a lot of that. My turn-based games, I prefer to be the tactical combat games, like an Advanced Wars or, you know, the tactical game we played uh, was Floppy Nights a few episodes ago. Oh, yes, of course. I prefer those Final Fantasy tactics. That's that's my preferred form of turn-based games. I, I did see that they re-released Tactics Ogre. Uh, right, it's called uh, one, of, one of the classic tactics games that I'm, I'm very curious to, to check out. Yeah, they, it's they, a direct inspiration uh, to Final Fantasy Tactics, I believe. I would like to try that too. If anyone wants to send me a code, feel free. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What do you think, Daniel? Should we move into our main segment? Let's 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 jump into Vampire Survivors. Now, I think I'll just boot up a game and I can probably be playing this while we talk about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I'll definitely want the menus open to see what, what unlocks and options are available. <laughs> so, Vampire Survivors. All right. You want to tell us a little bit about it, the generalities? Without being disparaging, it is largely an idle game mixed with some some roguelike elements. So idle games, you, the, the most common ones that you might be familiar with are Cookie Clicker. I think there's, there's, there's a few called like Idle Champions. They have sort of fantasy dungeon delving things where you're basically just... Let, let, the, character, the, the game is just running itself, basically. It's almost like a... a, a, a programming you might you'll load up a character with weapons and items and then send them off to do their thing and you come back and see what what they've done or it's a, a cookie clicker is like an uh, an economy management sim basically the actual clicking part of it very quickly becomes irrelevant like it starts out the start of the game you're you have to manually click the screen for each cookie that you get but as you build up your economy, you're basically automating the entire process that so you don't, don't have to actually click. You're taking this <laughs> in interesting directions already, Daniel. Some that I don't entirely agree with. But um, <laughs> I was I was more referring to the basics like, uh, so uh, Vampire Survivors is is new. Uh, it came out uh, apparently in 2022. Although I could it was out on other platforms earlier. I think it was an itch game, itch.io. Yes, so there's still a demo on, on itch, yeah. Right. And it's uh, developed and published by one person, uh, Luca Gallant, or a.k.a. Ponkel. And we have a few uh, composers uh, listed. you want to tell us about those? Uh, so, I mean, the, so the composers uh, of some very uh, classic retro music, I might add, are Danielle Zendara and Filippo Vicarelli. And it's basically on every platform. Uh, Mac, Windows, X, as recently came to Xbox, but I think last week. Not not on PlayStation or Switch yet, though, I don't think. Right, and notably not on mobile yet, although I think it would be a pretty good fit, depending on how big the screen is. Without getting another tangent too soon, it is actually based on an Android game called Magic Survive, I believe it's called. Or Magic Survival. It was an Android game. I, I did play a little bit of that. 
few months ago and it's a, it's a very similar game very similar concept though the art style is largely just nondescript blobs that you're fighting <laughs> rather than this the classic castlevania uh aesthetic <laughs> right and it's a great um 8-bit aesthetic uh at that yeah so you were starting to talk about what type of genre this this game inhabits and is definitely a roguelite as in you know you you try and survive as long as you can although you do accrue coins with which you can unlock permanent benefits over time, which we're, we're going to go into detail. And I think what this game has mostly been uh, boiled down to in genres is called a single-stick shooter. So like Daniel was saying, a lot of the gameplay is automated, as in you don't control when this game fires or who you attack. All you do is you control where your character goes, and your character is in the middle of the screen, and you walk around these over-the-top, two-dimensional maps, some of which go in all directions, some of which only go vertically, some only go horizontally. There's a number of different stages, but yeah, that your your input is limited to where your character walks, essentially. And then, you know, that might have repercussions on where the attacks go. Like, some attacks only go forward, some attacks only go vertically, some attacks only go horizontally. But this game is all about repeated play, short runs, which cap out at 30 minutes, and then a lot of different characters and a lot of different weapons to unlock. Uh, there's, there's so much ground to cover there. Daniel, you were starting to talk about clicker games, and uh, it's interesting that you mentioned that because I, I pretty strongly <laughs> disagree that this game plays itself. I might have agreed like early on that there isn't much to do, but I think as the game goes along, as you start to unlock more things, you there is some intentionality to what you're doing. As there is in, a meta game to around the edges and yeah. all the management side of things. The moment to moment action, I think, is largely becomes irrelevant outside of a few key moments. This is what I'll say about clicker <laughs> games and idle games: is the definition of them is that you can close them and you walk away, and stuff still happens. This game. You can't close the game, walk away, and have your character magically level up. That's not what this game is. It's nothing but direct input. You have to be playing that 30 minutes to get through the 30-minute run. So in that sense, it's, it's, it's quite different. But you're right. It is gameplay light, but there's still a lot of gameplay choices. Absolutely. So yeah, I, 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 I'm trying careful to not be uh, gatekeeper-y about this. I, I, I do remember when I first started playing this game and thinking, is, is this actually a game? Is there that much to it? I mean, again, if you, if, if something is a game to someone like that, I, I don't want to limit that definition at all. And this is absolutely oh, a game. Yeah, it is. It is absolutely <laughs> a game. I, I agree. Although I would, you know, I would understand if some people asked themselves that very question, is this a game? You know, it's, it's, it seems like it's almost a non game start, but spoiler alert, I, I, I do believe it is a, a game and a, and a worthwhile game to play because uh, I've played quite a bit now at this point. Shall we talk a little bit about the loop of it, like what yeah. over the course of a, a run? Yeah. So obviously, so you, you, this game has a, has a whole bunch of characters, something like twenty characters. Each one has a signature weapon that acts in a different way. So there's, there's a whole lot of weapons in this game. That, like I said, as you, as you said, some some may just fire in front of you. Some might fire diagonally some might give you an area of effect and so each, each character starts with, with their signature weapon but you then unlock that weapon for 
other runs. So as you as you start exploring this map, it starts out with as a few bats or a few basic monsters floating around, and if you kill them, you get gems. And these gems fill up your experience bar. And each time you level up, you get you get a choice of a new weapon. So you can either level up your existing weapon or choose a new one. And I think you can, you can end up with like six weapons and six sort of passive effects basically by the end of a run. But you're basically adding on new new weapons as you go. So now you're firing both diagonally and directly in front of you and an area of effects and they're all level 10 so they're 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 firing like 10 bullets a second rather than one every five seconds so it really escalates quite quickly and and there's a lot of options in how those weapons can interact right this is one of those games that you doesn't really have a chapter one a chapter two and then a chapter 12 or whatever this is a game where you you start with one character and you try and survive as long as you can, and then the game has a hard out at 30 minutes, and you try and see how far you can get, and then you, by definition, to see more of the game, you have to try newer characters and try different upgrades and try and, you know, try and see it all over the course of multiple runs. So that's the kind type of game it is. The, the narrative aspect of it is, is almost zero. Yeah, I mean, there, there is law that was that was added. I, I might say I think most of the law was written by Jim Sterling. Sorry, sorry, uh, uh, J- James Stephanie Sterling, uh, a, a video game reviewer that many of you may know. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know there was too much lore behind this, but there's a clear appreciation of eight-bit games of these sort of Castlevania-type games. Like you can pretty much your your starting character is pretty much Simon Belmont with the whip. Like there's no no denying. <laughs> That's who it is. And the weapons sort of follow that line as well. There's, you know, axes that come out at a, at a you know, a three-quarter angle, like an arc. There's this Bible that sort of spins around you. There's crosses. There's garlic. As you can imagine, it's called Vampire Survivors. It's vampire castle, Castlevania sort of themed, magic and hexes, ghosts and skeletons, all that sort of stuff. So you can certainly uh, imagine you'll run into those creatures ghosts, ghouls, zombies, all those sorts of things as you play through the various stages that this game has to offer. So yeah, something like 20 or 25 characters, I think. And you start only with literally one, right? And you have to unlock them by completing a certain um, certain conditions. Uh, I think they're literally called unlocks in this game. And, we can also um, just spend money to, to unlock them. Like right, the, co- the money the that... Yeah. that you collect as you play. That's right. That's a good thing point about this game. It, it seems very, very much like a mobile game. I guess you said that's where the roots of this game are. But I think it costs costed like less than three bucks US during the early access period. And it, it just, it's just at release 1.1 now. And I think you said it bumped up to something like five bucks. Uh, it was six dollars Canadian. So I imagine it's something like five bucks US. Yeah. Right. So like there's really low barrier to entry with this. It's and on Game Pass. <laughs> it's on Game Pass even lower barrier if you if you pay the monthly fee for that. And it's seemingly adding new uh, chunks of content uh without point one release, it just added a new character class, for instance. 
Yes, and I, I just booted it up before we started recording. There's a whole new level that I don't remember seeing there before. So yeah, this game is is still evolving. So it, it ain't over yet. <laughs> right. So the the game, you know, that you you think it it's shallow, and then as you play and as you play more, you see that there's layers and layers to it. I would say that my personal arc of playing this game was I started off very much just trying stuff out, seeing seeing what worked and, you know, just experimentation and, and just kind of going with the flow and trying to. And then the first thing you latch on to is unlocking the new characters, I think, because at the end of the run, whether it's a complete run or a partial run, you are hopefully collecting coins. And what is there to do with coins? You either unlock these new characters, which I think start at about 100 coins or so each or more. And then there's these unlocks, I think they're called, which are the, those permanent increases, which might increase the XP that you gain or shield you from a certain amount of damage or allow you to collect XP crystals from a further distance away. So. They're sort of permanent upgrades across all runs. Yeah. Yeah. They're permanent augments of things that you might be upgrading over the course of a given run anyway. So that's really nice. I, I am, I'm a bit of a sucker for those, these types (laughs) of, did you ever play rogue legacy? Yes. Yeah. That was, that was a big one where you you were sort of building up your town in between and each character was very much unique and and you were invested in their particular run and their abilities but you're also just upgrading your your invest, each run is investing into the overall sort of town that helps future runs go smoother basically right the the premise of that game is that you're playing uh, uh basically as an entire family you're not one hero but you're a whole a whole clan a whole series of characters that all follow the same bloodline thus legacy and the rogue comes from the roguelite aspect of it you go for runs you upgrade your town which gives you permanent uh the permanent upgrades and then uh, as you play you get new characters to unlock so this game definitely was inspired by castlevania it's much more of a 2d side-scrolling action metroidvania like castlevania itself was and it seems like vampire survivors (laughs) borrow some of the legacy from Rogue Legacy, that that would be my guess, especially with that Rogue Light upgrading system. So I'm a sucker for those. I love Rogue Legacy, although I never played two. And this game really has distills that down into such a tight package. Like you literally can't play the game for more than half an hour at a time. <laughs> uh, otherwise, this Grim Reaper comes out to get you, and it pretty much like spams you until you're gonna die. I, I do believe there's a way to beat the Grim Reaper. I haven't haven't quite figured it out yet, and I've not I've not looked up the secret. But I I'm I'm, I'm guessing there's got to be a way to beat death. I would like to know. <laughs> Getting to is, is one of the, the, the fight the sort of late game goals. Right. I looked through the unlocks because, like I said, at first you you just kind of mess around and try stuff out. As you start unlocking characters, as you start unlocking upgrades you st- sort of start to run out of things to upgrade. Yeah, I've maxed out most things now. Right. So the only thing for you to unlock, you actually really have to follow these, look at these conditions very closely. So I mentioned there was that menu on the main screen that has unlocks, and they follow a pretty uh, standardized pattern. So there'll be something like, reach level 15 with this character. 
reach level 60 on this stage. Find the X, find the Y. And they're all spelled out there for you. And it's sort of a, a checklist. Yeah, and it does give you some, some direction. when you. When yeah, you and that part do. of it I, I really liked because it gives you direction as to what you can do. It's sort of like uh, another one of my wild um, analogies, but did you ever play Where's Waldo? Did you I mean, ever read I, the Where's I, Waldo I the books? books? Yeah. <laughs> At some point, you're going to go through every two-page spread and find Waldo everywhere you go, right? Yeah. <laughs> but on each of those pages, did you ever notice that there's a short list of extra yes, things you can look yeah. for? <laughs> and that's what the unlocks list is. The unlocks list has something like 128 separate goals, optional goals you can hit. And some of them are easy. Like you're going to obviously reach level 15. Well, they're largely going to be doing the anyway, basically. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think it's, it more encourages you to use different characters to pay different levels and, and just sh- shake things up a little bit. Right. It's very easy to unlock, say, the first half of those 128 unlocks. But the second half of those are much more obscure. And I feel like that's really where you, you, your gameplay has to be much more intentional. Or maybe it's scrolled down from us far enough. <laughs> right. Speaking of death, some of them are you have to reach 31 minutes. Uh, okay. <laughs> At 30 minutes, the Grim Reaper comes out. And you have to survive an additional one minute with this nigh impossible character spamming you uh, to <laughs> death. So I don't know how to do it yet, but you, you can't know, freeze death. You can, you can slow him down, but uh, the, uh, that, that ain't forever. <laughs> right? Yeah. So that's an additional hill that I guess both of us have to climb over to to get even more out of this game. And and I think that that's what's making me excited to keep playing it further is that there is more to unlock i just recently unlocked the fourth stage so there's something like i think there's five official stages and then there's these right bonus now, stages, right <laughs> yeah i think right. i think it's like i only just found the fifth stage uh tonight i hadn't seen that previously uh and then there's re- remixes on on the, each of those stages yeah, there's there's a hyper mode, which is an optional thing you can enable. Endless mode and yeah, various different. Uh, some of them are just making the game play faster. Uh, others are, are changing the levels and the goals somewhat, but it, largely variants on the same thing. Yeah, and some of them are just plain weird. Like there's this bonus level, the the plant level. Do you know the one I'm talking about? The, pl- the dairy plant. No, no, no. It's called. It's full of nothing but. Trees and flowers. Oh, <laughs> I think no, it's called one. Il Molise, and it's a literal bonus level. And I don't know what it's for, huh? Because hmm. nothing's attacking you, although you can destroy a bunch of plants. So I don't really get it. It's kind you of weirding me out. <laughs> yeah, it's but just... like there's additional mysteries to be had, which I I, I like. I'll yeah, tell you. I like yeah, it. I similarly was stricken by the. the the evolution of your time with this game o- over time. So that, that early on discoverability of just like you, on your first run, you'll probably just have, you might only last two or two minutes or five minutes. And then you're gradually trying to push that longer and longer and um, su- surviving as long as you can until you inevitably hit that 30 minute cap or just experimenting with the different weapons and how the different weapons interact. And that, that discoverability, I think was one of the, 
the, the key areas of enjoyment, at least earlier on. He then he didn't hit the point of trying to upgrade everything, but that very quickly up, sort of caps out as I've just hit now. Uh, and now it's at the point where it's yeah, it's largely about finding ways of breaking the game. Like, is there, is there a way to beat death and go go beyond? Uh, what what achievements are there? What secret things have I missed? And there is like I, I do like I do like a checklist to tick off, but it also just feels a little bit tedious. Each run is like each run being thirty minutes is a lot for just one checklist. Obviously, you can you can hit multiples in one one run occasion it, 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 i feel like one, once you've hit that arc of once you know how to hit 30 minutes then every run is largely the same you, you know the optimal sort of layout of things to get there what what sort of combination of items works best and it's a matter of just executing it and playing it out on on, on a different level i would agree with you up to a point so basically as you play the game you are definitely going to find your sort of favorite combination of upgrades mm, yes uh the, the the weapons are going to become uh quite repetitive uh, until you unlock new ones of course and then you have that thrill sort of of trying out a new combination and then it does get repetitive this game is admittedly repetitive i'm i would be a liar if i told you it wasn't you didn't feel a little bit mindless as you basically swerve in a S pattern to sort of describe as hypnotic, <laughs> very much so. Like basically, you could just kind of squint your eyes and sort of tune out the specifics you, and just run away. Are you are you idling at a point? <laughs> your mind is yeah. <laughs> well. It's it's sort of what you're doing, right? It's there's a tactical level and then there's a strategic level because as I discovered those additional levels, that's where the intentionality comes in. Once again, you unlock this map function, for instance, and that really changes up the way some of these stages work. I initially thought the the first stage, which is a sort of a grassy field, very typical sort of horror setting, I thought it was just an infinite field. You could just mm. go in any direction. But once you lo- unlock the map feature, you realize that there's actually a f- there's fixed locations where certain upgrades can just be picked up off the ground and that adds a whole new level of strategy because it it makes you decide which of those am i going to hit first Mm. is that going to make some of my runs more difficult as in some of them actually make the game play harder for yourself and eventually if you unlock specific items it gives you a permanent new ability uh, like new features, just new features, or just unlo- unlocking a brand new character. Yeah, like one so, of them I found was this um, this tarot card system. Uh, I don't know if you found that yet, which I'm very I confused have. by. I don't understand that. Like, it, it, it presents you with a bunch of tarot cards that give you these really overpowered abilities, and there's a button that says "get," and there's a, a button <laughs> that has a question mark, and I don't know what either of those do. <laughs> like, I, I, it's a little bit opaque. I just unlocked that recently as well, and I, 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 my inclination is that they're kind of like the, they're kind of like the skulls from Halo. Or, yeah, but they're all positive. They're, as far as I know, there's no downside, yeah. which I haven't quite figured out. <laughs> but some sometimes those things are just for fun, right? Like sometimes yeah, in yeah. the case of Halo, they're like the the grunts burst into confetti when you kill <laughs> when you kill them. Like that, that's just to be wild, right? And in a game like Monster Train, like you get 
I guess they're called like modifiers or something that will give all the enemies googly eyes, for instance. <laughs> so sometimes they're just fun and weird. I get the feeling that that's what those, what are they called? Arcanas, I believe? Yeah, that sounds right. Are four. That's, that's my feeling at this point. But yeah, they are still a bit of a, a mystery to me. I, I feel like at this point in my latest run, I unlocked a brand new character in a brand new stage. So on my next run, I have the excited excitement of playing a brand new stage with a brand new character, which I know it's, it's, that's only going to hit me in the feels yeah. uh, a number of times, but that progress excites me. I, I'm a sucker for, for that sort of progress. So that part of it is keeping me hooked. Yeah, I think I'm starting to get towards my feel now. I, I don't really like the the, the the new levels. Don't really shake things up that much. It's just an, an, a new wallpaper, really. And like, there is those items to collect, but they don't like once you've gotten the big feature upgrade. Like deciding which of the not the normal upgrades. Like you, you're going to get them all in a, if you last 30 minutes anyway. So it doesn't really make a big difference what order you get them in. So yeah, that 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 pool isn't really doing it for me anymore i think i'm just about capped out but i mean it's a five dollar game so i'm not going to complain that it didn't have like an infinite playtime. yeah i think it's pretty undeniable that this gameplay this game gives you value for the amount of money you put into it especially if you get to play it for free on game pass it uh has easily kept me entertained for hours on end over the course of multiple runs i understand your feeling I'm not going to denigrate it in any way. I can certainly <laughs> imagine that I'm going to feel that way after a couple of more runs. But at this point, one thing I am looking forward to is unlocking those additional upgrades. For instance, uh, this this is not the unlocks. I, I mean the the literal upgrades. Like there are some weapons that I just haven't had a chance to play with yet, and I apparently have unlocked seventy one of one hundred and twenty six. So that's actually a decent amount that I've yet to unlock. Yeah, I'm, I'm at 77, so about, about the same point. 50 more abilities like that in the combination of which six abilities I will combine, that is that is exciting to me, the, the potential of unlocking those. And I realize that I cannot rely on the same six set of <laughs> upgrades every single run because... Mm-hmm you actually have to combine different upgrades to unlock new versions. And right, the, ev- the evolutions. Evolutions, yeah. yeah. That you might see on your screen, it says EVOs, or EVOs for those sort of ultimate forms. So, get, so getting two weapons. specific, maxing out two particular items that, to evolve them into a, a sort of a combined super weapon. Right. But there and are certain there is... prescribed combinations. Yeah, prescribed in the way that you might need to consult like a build manager to uh, to unlock a certain <laughs> upgrade because it, it's 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 sort of in, meant to be mysterious, right? How to unlock these these the course uh, that you can unlock these upgrades. So that part of it is still exciting for me for now, but yeah, I can foresee in the near future that I, I will hit that wall. I'll hit that 
horizon and it won't keep going forever but yeah i, I can see games the, have the, to be forever i don't know <laughs> i'm sorry i can see the later level sorry the later weapons that you unlock like those last 50 are probably going to be the most interesting weapons in the game like they right it, it, I mean, they're sort of upping the stakes as, as you get deeper into it i'm I find, finding this point that i know i can get to 30 minute mark pretty reliably but each run is largely ending the same like th- th- you start out you a very early game you only have one weapon and so you actually have to use the tempo of your game of, of your weapon in order to kill enemies like you have to position yourself correctly but by the the five to ten minute mark you've got six weapons and you can largely just stand still and just turn it into an idle game like for for a run i build that's able to beat the game it's like at that point positioning is irrelevant <laughs> you may as well just turn it into a let it be an idle right. game <laughs> but at that point you might as well not play that level though right like you still have to get to that point and then on that level that stage there has to be something that you're seeking to unlock or at least yeah. the way that's how i look at it well, as I said, I'm, I'm still I'm trying, I'm trying to find what the goal for me at this point is, other than just checking off more boxes. But the long term goal, I'm not really feeling that pull anymore. I don't think the, the discoverability is. Like, there are certainly new weapons to discover, but it's, it's been. I think it's been diminishing returns for me at this point. So I don't know how much more is left in this. But I've I've in, I've, I've enjoyed my experience up to this point. Uh, it gets, it's you can certainly get a good few hours out of this. Got it. Yeah. I would agree with that assessment. You, you're you're not going to play this game forever, but you're going to have more than an hour's enjoyment out of this very low-cost game. I think it's well worth checking out, especially for the little amount of money that it costs. Check it out. See what I, the, the, the buzz is about. <laughs> it might not be for you, but if you enjoy unlocking characters, seeing different content, and you like retro-styled uh, games, you might like it a lot. One one other aspect that cannot be denied about this game is that it's a bit of a it's a it's a bit of a dopamine hit, right? Like that's what the early that's what the early writing of this game suggested. And is it ever? I mean, that's what will keep you going multiple runs in 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 the early times you play this game, well into the wee hours of the morning. Basically, it's like a it's like a slot machine on steroids. You, you cannot have a discussion of this game without hearing the word addictive. <laughs> like that that is going to come into play yep. at some point. And, and yeah, it's but slot machine or uh, po- pokey machines, as we call them in Australia, um, is, is very much came came to mind for me. Yeah, uh, and in in other countries, you know, you might think like in Asian countries, like pachinko machines. Yes, basically. Yeah. Any machine, flashing lights, you, noises, like yep. immediate feed, feedback loops. Small input, big output, as in lights, sounds, and in the case of, I think this is no more evident than when you. There's certain enemies that are stronger than others. You might see the, a blue flashing border on some of them, and <laughs> they boss are, monsters, uh, you know, yeah. yeah, boss monsters. I call them elite enemies. You know, tip, very typical stuff. If you beat them, it takes a bit of work to beat most of them. If you beat them, they will drop a chest. And most of the time, you have to build up your XP to a certain point to unlock an upgrade. But in the case of a chest, it will unlock one to many upgrades all at once. Most With of the time, it's one. And flashing lights and like. Oh my goodness. Yeah, and this yeah. very <laughs> strong earworm <laughs> of this jingle that gets played in your ear. I'm sure you can hear it right now as I'm uh-huh. mentioning it. 
right? And it gets more and more intense as if, as if you get a three upgrade drop or a five upgrade drop, just like basically all the alarms are blazing <laughs> at that point. And it's, it's meant to hit you in the feels and hit you in the, the dopamine centers of your brain. So that's very intentional. Uh, it's going to be obvious to most people, but it might catch others um, a bit unawares, especially if you're susceptible to those sorts of things. So yeah, you know, if you are, you probably know that of yourself at this point, but I, be aware that this is one of those games. I was not surprised at all to learn that the creator, Luca, has a history in the gambling industry. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm not sure to what extent, but uh, yeah. so he's definitely been, absolutely been influenced by that. And obviously there are a lot of exploitative gambling practices going on in the gaming uh, industry right now, loot boxes and and whatnot. This game, I, I'm not going to call, I'm not calling this game exploitative. Like it, it is, it's cheap up front and it, it is not asking any more money from you. But my, my one concern is that it, like the time economy is very tight right now. So many games to play. And this is like, just one more run, just one more run, just one more run, constantly pulling on that that string. Or just one more one one more pull of the of the lever. Oh, thought 30 minutes have gone. Uh, just, just one more. Oh, there's another 30 minutes. So yeah. th- that's, that's what I'm really bristling against a little bit right now. Yeah, I, I don't feel like this game is that exploitative because as you said, there's nothing else to buy. You buy it no, once no, no. and you get all the content. And like you said, you know, you're going to hit a wall. Like it, you might find that it feels, you know, a dozen to three dozen, maybe even hours of your life. But at some point, you're going to get tired of those dinging bells and lights. <laughs> just just like you get tired of any one given slot machine and you, you move on to another. So I don't feel too bad about this game. There's also, you know, other less nefarious psychological concepts that they're uh, drawing upon the the developer, most likely the concept of gameplay flow, right? Your mind mm-hmm. enters a flow state where you uh, have a small input that's easy enough to do and you get constant feedback from, and it takes you to a certain place. Like that's where the term Tetris effect comes from, right? Your mind enters a flow state and this game very most certainly takes you there. So that's that's intentional. I'm, I'm certain of it. And it, it does that successfully um so i think our viewpoints on this game are fairly clear for for this point i think uh, we might wrap up by saying a couple of fun aspects of it i'm going to just quiz you Uh, what's your favorite character uh i mean the characters are only any matter insofar as they start with a signature weapon right yeah. uh well, how about what's your favorite yeah weapon, though, I, I, haven't really, I haven't really dug into the lore or anything but my, i mean the character that, that goes with my favorite weapon it, I, can't, I, mean, I can't remember her name she's she's uh, a witch that you unlock i think one of the, the first oh, yeah. levels and her signature weapon is uh gato gato something basically it's a, it's a bunch of cats <laughs> so uh every every x seconds you summon a cat the cat wanders around sometimes slashes at, at enemies and sometimes picks up things for you but the, the, the more you level up this ability you start summoning more and more cats and so now there's four four cats wandering around the screen at once and if two cats meet they they get into a cat fight and it cre- creates this huge dust cloud aoe <laughs> air of effect <laughs> attack to the, yeah, the, the that damage the wider one's, area. <laughs> that one is very charming. I believe the effect is called uh, what is Gati Gati Amari. I believe it is. That, that sounds right. Yes, yeah. that character's <laughs> name is Giovanna Giovanna Granna. 
That's it. Um, <laughs> I'll mention a couple characters early on. There's a character uh, called Poe. Pour one out for the dearly departed. His ability is the garlic. Uh, yes, so yes, I, I do love that. I, I kind of <laughs> like the garlic. It's super cheap. It's basically like a shield that damages the enemies. It's and another like area that. of effect, basically. And it's, it's very useful early yeah. game. You can just let the enemies come to you. Absolutely. These swarms of bats come at you and you walk right into the swarm, right? Just a sea like, of, of, of gems suddenly. Like <laughs> it's a very away. quick ramp up. <laughs> yeah, I like the garlic, uh, just like in real life. And the <laughs> other character I like quite a bit, just because of her special ability, is, is her name is Popea Pecorina. And her ability is the mana, songs of mana. So it's basically oh, this kind of like yeah. stream. It's like a old faithful geyser a pillar of energy. Of really, yeah. right? It's a pillar. It shoots up and down. It basically is a screen wipe in a lot of ways. And you can build it so that it's wider and wider and wider. And it's uh, I like that one a lot. Yeah, I just played that one for the first time last night. That was a lot of fun. Uh, and especially in the, I was playing her in the tower level that is basically a, a vertical level. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, perfect. Perfect combo for that one. Absolutely. And then another fun thing I thought I'd ask you is, have you seen any any of these shameless knockoffs lately? No, I mean, I've, I've heard that it exists. I've, I've not dug into it. But as I said, this game in, in of itself is a pretty shameless, uh, not to say it's a ripoff, right. but it, it, what it, was it, the it was game that it was based on. You said Magic Rival, I think it's called. And it is basically the same game. It's just that it doesn't have the graphical elements. And it, so Magic Survival is on Android only. And I, I think the, I feel like it was designed a little more for quick runs. Like I'm only playing. If I'm on my, if I'm playing a game on my phone, it's only going to be in like very short bursts, like Marvel Snap. <laughs> uh, get, get done in a couple of minutes, in and out. I, I, I wouldn't want to be playing a thirty-minute run of, of Vampire Survivors on my phone. I'm not sure what the time frame of of Magic Survival is. I, I was only only got very early into that. I didn't I didn't get deep enough to to max out those runs. Yeah, I got uh, I buy those gameplay bundles sometimes, game bundles sometimes, and I, I found this game called Nomad Survivors, which I didn't even know was related, but it is. I booted it up. I'm like, this is Vampire Survivors. Come on, you <laughs> try, try a little bit harder. And then recently, in my gameplay suggestions, I think I saw something like Sexy Schoolgirl Survivors or something oh, like no. that. So basically, <laughs> a Vampire Survivors with your waifu characters in there too, if that's your if your thing. Yeah, I don't know if this that. is a particularly original or like special version of of that. Like, it didn't really evolve the the loop anything meaningfully beyond Magic Survival. It's just, this is just the one that happens to have taken off. It was in the right right yeah. place at the right time. Sometimes, really. sometimes it's just about the right degree of or polish, the, right? Or the right aesthetic, like the the the, the retro uh, nostalgia of, of Castlevania. Uh, goes deep <laughs> right um well there this happens so many times i mean people probably think that the game slay the spire invented the deck building genre it clearly didn't it had a whole legacy before the video game the first video game deck building game that came out but you know now there's been shameless clones of slay the spire and new subgenres that have branched off of those so yeah, no, well, so some of them are, like, are, are absolutely great games that, are, that, ha- that have meaningfully evolved that that genre. So I'm excited to see what others might do with this that aren't, <laughs> aren't just the quick uh, cash-ins. Yeah, absolutely. We're we're all looking for our our next, you know, innovative 
brand offshoot of the genre. We're not just looking for our Thunderstones to our Dominions, <laughs> if, if you follow those analog hey, games. Hey, I, I like Thunderstone design. <laughs> I like Thunderstone too, actually. I should pull that out. <laughs> Thunderstone and Dance, at least. I, um, I was a big fan of that one. <laughs> hey, that's another option for us to potentially play. With that, I think we've covered Vampire Survivors pretty well. Do, do you have any yes. other closing thoughts about that? No, no, I, th- I think that, uh, that does this. I'll let you know when I hit my wall in a future episode of Vampire Survivors. <laughs> I think I have to play this just long enough to figure out how to beat death. And then I think maybe I'll, 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 I'll be done. I can rest in peace. <laughs> yeah, once you beat death, I don't think you, you need very much. <laughs> By the way, I should quickly mention this game has uh, been awarded or nominated for a number of awards. Didn't want to mention it earlier because it might spoil things. Uh, this game was nominated for the Best Early Access Launch of the 2022 Golden Joystick Awards. It won the Breakthrough Award of that same award group. It also it has been nominated for the 2022 Game Awards Best Debut Indie Game. And the, the results of that are, are pending. So congratulations to Vampire Survivors. Yeah, I mean, anecdotally, I, I have heard several uh, the sort of video game podcasters that I listen to say that this is their game of the year, or, or at least the game to beat. So it, it's certainly a, a phenomenon <laughs> in the, in the gaming yeah. community. It evokes strong opinions out of uh, the people who play it, which, hey, I think that's a good thing. Absolutely. Speaking of opinions of games, shall we talk about the next game on our docket? We're going to be tackling a board game. Yes, it's been a very uh, video game-centric episode, but looking forward to getting back to the table. I'm, I've got some friends coming over tomorrow. We're talking Spirit Islands. the very popular co-op game that has just had yet another kickstarter expansion run so yeah a lot to explore in that game looking forward right please follow us on twitter at uh, twitter.com slash omni gamers club uh, you can also send in platform replaces twitter <laughs> right if if there are if there is a future to be had for good old twitter there's uh, you can email us at omnigamersclub at gmail.com or visit us at our website at omnigamers.club. Any other shout-outs you'd like to give? No, just if you have, if you have any questions or, uh, or questions for Spirit Island or comments regarding Vampire Survivors, please send them in. Uh, I don't have much going on on my end right now. I'm still unpacking both, both literally, literally and figuratively uh, from my trip, but looking forward to getting back into some games tomorrow and, and ramping up for some new content. Uh, let us know if you have any news, upcoming news for our new brief news segment if it's meaningful to you it's probably meaningful to us so please do give us some feedback and let us know uh, what you're thinking of absolutely what are, what are you excited about uh new releases or the end of game and end of year game discussions uh we might be i'm not sure if we're going to do a, a a game of the year discussion yet but we're going to start we'll be there'll be some discussion of that one way or another i'm sure right we're almost at the end yeah. of our very first year also maybe give us some suggestions of ways to sign off because we don't have a sign off just yet (laughs) see ya (laughs) bon appetit thanks for listening everyone